Now we're reading this morning from the book of uh, uh, Proverbs, and we're in chapter 31 and verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we count it a privilege, an honor, a joy to stand behind this renowned pulpit. So many have stood here before, great men of God. And Lord, I thank you for the honor you've given me today. And I pray that your word will go forth. Whatever the need is here in this auditorium today, oh, would you meet that need and just bless in a special way. Save that soul that's nearest to hell. Help them to trust you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Be seated. The mother of President William Kennedy, or Kinley, McKinley, lay dying, and while he hurried about the duties of the state and of his country, he anxiously awaited news about his mother. He had an engine and a private car waiting at the railroad station, ready to go. (coughs) A carriage waited at the door. Then the telegram came saying that his mother was low and calling for him. He wired back this message. Tell mother, I'll be there. And the train rushed him to her side for that last goodbye. But the words of the president moved the songwriter so much, and he wrote a famous gospel song. Tell mother, I'll be there. No doubt that song will be sung in many churches across our country today. Let me just sing the chorus so that you'll get the gist of what I'm going to preach about Uh, This morning, I'm preaching on the subject, Tell Mother, I'll Be There. And here's the way the chorus goes. Tell Mother, I'll be there in answer to her prayer. This blessed message, Savior, to her bear. Tell Mother, I'll be there, heaven's joys with her to share. Yes, tell my darling mother, I'll be there. Can you say that this morning? Can you say, tell my mother, I'll be there. No question about it. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven when this life is over. Can you say that today? Oh, it's so important that you're sure that you're going to heaven when this life is over. Many here in this auditorium today know, they know that. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt they're born again, Jesus lives in their heart, and they're just as sure of heaven as if they'd been there 10,000 years. What about you today? Do you know that? Well, here's the the message, and here's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Why will you be there? First of all, number one, Tell mother I'll be there in answer to her prayer. I thank the Lord for praying mothers, right? Aren't you thankful for these mothers here today? And this is so important uh, that mothers that you pray, pray for your children. I ask this question all over the country. Mothers, have your children ever seen you on your knees praying? I tell you what, it'll leave an impact on them, an impact they'll never forget. My wife comes of a family of eight children. 
Her dad pastored a Baptist church for many years, very successful. My brother-in-law, her oldest brother, his name was Edward Overby, he told me this story one time. He said, one day when I was just a little boy, he said I was out in the yard playing, and then he said I thought of something I wanted to tell my mother. So I rushed into the house, and I looked for her, and I couldn't find her. And he said, then I looked, and in her bedroom, my mother and dad's bedroom, there was my mother on her knees, and she was praying, and I slipped up as close as I could get. I wanted to hear what she was saying. And he said, I heard her pray, and I heard her call my name and say pray, and she prayed that my, her son would be saved when he reached the age of accountability. And not only that, but she prayed that God would one day call him to preach the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He told me, he said, I never forgot that day. He said, I was in World War II. I flew some combat missions, many of them. And he said, every time I'd be up there and the bullets would be flying and shells bursting all around us, he said, I could still remember my mother on her knees praying. What an impact that made. And uh, he, was, of course, saved a little while after that. Not long after that, God called him to preach. He became a great Bible scholar and authored many books. He taught many years in a Bible college, pastored a Baptist church. But oh, oh, how important it is for mothers to pray. Pray for your children. During the war, our allies were trying to take this large hill, but up at the top was a machine gun uh, pit, and they were just mowing down our men as they come, just in, like mosquitoes killing all of them. And a sergeant and his platoon was assigned to take that machine gun out and that nest. Well, he took some chosen men, and he slipped around the hill, and he dug in on the other side. And he said, men, I need a volunteer. I need someone that will run up that hill and toss a hand grenade over into that pit and knock it out. Young man from Arkansas said, sir, I'll go. He said, great, go ahead. And he said, sir, I, I, I can't go till 4 o'clock. He said, it's 10 minutes to 4 right now. But he said, I can't go till 4. And all the men stood there staring at this man. And it's sure enough, not one minute before 4, but at exactly 4 o'clock, he grabbed his grenade. He ran up that hill, bullets flying all around him, hitting all around close to him. And he took that grenade, pulled the pin, tossed it over, and knocked out that that." Uh, uh, machine gun turret and all that was there. He kept running back down, bullets still slinging around him, and he jumped. He jumped into uh, the, the foxhole, and the sergeant said to him, said, son, that's the bravest act I've ever seen anybody do. He said, tell me, why did you have to wait till 4 o'clock? He said, sergeant, two years ago, he said, when I left Little Rock, my mother and dad stood on the platform of that train station. And he said they were hugging me and kissing me goodbye. And then he said, just before I left, my mother said to me, son, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you'll be doing. It doesn't matter what's going on around you, but at 4 o'clock every day, you can count on this, at 4 o'clock, I'll be praying for you. And he said, Sergeant, in the past two years, I've been so close to death many, many times. But he said, I owe everything because of my mother 
praying for me. Oh, we're to pray, are we not? All of us are to pray. And we're to pray without ceasing, the Bible tells us. Uh, we're to pray and not faint and keep praying for your children. Don't give up. Don't give up grandparents on your grandchildren or whatever, your old children on all. Don't give up. Keep praying. God hears. Number two, tell mother I'll be there in answer to preaching. Mothers, it's so important. Have your children under the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one has ever been saved, and no one will ever be saved until they first hear that gospel. I'm talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one can be saved apart from that. And it's so important uh, for us to have the gospel and pass it out. It's so important to have tracts in your pocket today and, tra and pass out the gospel to everybody. I've told you all about uh, you know, uh, the men I pray with every morning. And uh, uh, last uh, couple of weeks ago, we had this uh, emphasis on for a whole week passing out tracts. We was able to pass out over 200,000 tracts in our country. This week, we started again yesterday. Now the goal is to pass out over 500,000 tracts in one week, the gospel. That's what gets the job done, is it not? I, I, I'm so glad we have a church and a pastor uh, who teach and preach the gospel. Aren't you, aren't you glad of that? Uh, our preacher, you never come here. You will never hear him preach that he don't work in the gospel before he's finished. Sunday school teachers, you can count on it. Dwyer and all of these, they, they teach the gospel. Uh, every, the children's classes, uh, Wednesday night classes, everything around here is surrounded by preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget the day I was saved, April 20th, 1949, and uh, the preacher preached. He preached the gospel. Amen, did he preach the gospel. And, and the preacher, he told the old, old story that never grows old. That day he told how God so loved me and that Jesus died for me. And if I'd take him into my heart, he'd save my soul. And that day I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. My life has never been the same. Since that day, since Jesus came into my heart, I've never been the same since the day that Jesus Christ saved my soul. I'll never forget, I was standing up there after I got saved, and the preacher had his arm around me. I was just a little fellow, and uh, uh, he was uh, getting ready to dismiss, urging people to come around and shake hands. And I looked back to the second row. There was my Sunday school teacher, and she had her hanky out. And she, was, she was, had a smile from ear to ear. I mean, she was smiling. And she was crying. And as soon as we said amen, here she come. And she ran up and threw her arms around me. And she said, but I've been praying for you ever since you came into my class. And I'm so glad you trusted the Lord as your Savior. Then she gave me a Bible. Inside that Bible, she wrote, this book will keep you away from sin. Or sin will keep you away from this book. And that's so true, is it not? Oh, it's wonderful to know that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And let's uh, thank the Lord for the preachers who still preach that gospel. And thank the Lord that we can still proclaim Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Number three, tell mother I'll be there in answer to the promise. What's the promise, preacher? 
Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Turn there. If you don't have it marked in your Bible, especially mothers, mark this verse in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Oh, it's so wonderful. What a promise in this book. And notice what it says. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. You believe that? I believe I'm preaching from the holy, infallible, inerrant, inspired, eternal word of God. And that promise right there is just as true as John 3.16. Claim it. Claim it. Somebody said, well, it didn't work in my life. It'll work. You just, you just do what the Bible says. And, and the clarity here is to train the child in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Train him up. Train him up to love to go to church. Train him up to love the Bible. Train him up to obey uh, the Proverbs. Train him up to obey the commandments of the Word of God. Train him. God will honor him. I pastored a Baptist church in Clarksville, Tennessee. We were near a large army base called Fort Camel Army Base. The church I pastored was a large church. We ran from 500 to 600 in Sunday school every Sunday. A great ministry, many, many outreaches. It's just a tremendous blessing. And my wife and I enjoyed it so much. And, you know, we were close to this military base, Fort Campbell. And we had lots, had lots of military members, uh, people, members of our church. In fact, I was honored to baptize a major and his whole family. They were Catholics. I led them to the Lord. Uh, they were baptized. And uh, later on, he became a general. And then uh, after that, he worked his way up in general in charge of West Point. I uh, still keep contact with him. His name Bob Kessler. But you know, one day a lieutenant's wife came to me and she said, Pastor, she said, would you pray for me? I said, sure, what is it? She said, well, my husband and I are expecting our first child. And she said... I want to raise my children just like my parents raised me. I said, I'll pray for you. Well, how, how was it? She said, well, Pastor, uh, my parents had five children. She said, I'm the fifth, or the, uh, the third. I'm the middle one, the middle girl. And she said, my dad worked a secular work. And at 4 o'clock, he came home every day, 4 o'clock. She said, at 345. My mother called all of us children in, and we had to wash and clean up. And if our clothes were filthy dirty, we had to put on cleaner clothes. And then she had us line up there at the door, and she said, right at 4 o'clock, when my dad pulled into that driveway, and she said, when that door opened, she gave the signal, and we all ran out there, and the little ones put their arms around his legs, and us bigger ones, we put it around his waist. My mother was kissing him on the cheek, and she was telling him, she was saying, oh, Honey, we've got a wonderful supper ready for you, and the children got so many wonderful stories to tell you. Come on in. She said, Will you pray that I can raise my children like that? I said, I sure will. And you know what I thought? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if every mother had that attitude, had everything ready, waiting for that husband to come home? Wouldn't it be glorious? Oh, friends, listen, uh, I, I, uh, I'm talking about 
training your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm talking about teaching them to love the Bible. I'm talking about teaching them to love their pastor, love their church, uh, love the members. Oh, it's so important uh, that we uh, train them. And you know, young couples, as well as older couples, we have to work together to do that, do we not? It takes a teamwork. I uh, am always amazed that we we have two couples that live on the compound where I live. One couple, couple, the husband, he's in charge of all the buildings. And he's the master builder, actually. He has been overcharged, overseeing all the new houses that are built on that property. And there's some beautiful homes. I mean, beautiful houses. But the thing that amazes me is his wife. She's right there in there by his side, working with him. And by the way, she does all the painting. She's painted every new house that's ever built there. And, and by the way, she's also, she's a professional painter. No question about that. But she helps him. I've seen her when he was down in the ditch digging. She'd be right in there with him, digging it out. I, I, I've seen her hold up boards while he nailed it. I've seen her hand him uh, nails and hammer and hold on to the ladder while he was doing all of that. And I, I, I've never forgotten that. It just, uh, uh, I thought, how wonderful uh, Young people, uh, older couples working together, doing their best to train others, set the example for them. And then uh, the other couple, the uh, man, he's in charge of all the grounds on our property, and it's beautiful. I'm telling you, it looks like a golf course. (laughs) Uh, You drive on there, the grass is always cut. There's not a weed. You won't see a a limb or anything in the way. They keep it just spotless. And I tell you what, he's the workingest man I have ever seen in my whole life. He leaves home just at daybreak. And then he returns just before dark, five days a week, maybe sometimes six. But here's the amazing thing. His wife, now y'all don't let this out. Don't you tell this, but I'm sort of nosy. And his wife, she, at daylight, he's getting ready to go to work, and she's up, she's dressed, she looks nice. When he goes out to his cart, she walks him out to his cart, arm in hand. He gets in the cart. She stands there, waves goodbye, sometimes blows him a kiss. Don't tell that. Blows him a kiss, and off he goes. He comes home around noon for for lunch. Well, There she is, waiting, dressed, fixed nice. He gets out of his cart. She goes out there, meets him, walks him back into the house. They eat lunch. And then when it's time for him to go back to work, there she goes again, leads him out. He gets in that cart, takes off. At sunset, when it's just about dark, he pulls in. There she is, meeting him there. And uh, he told me the other day, he said, she has one of the best meals waiting that anybody would ever want in their life. You know what I thought? Wow, what an example for so many people today. Working together, raising your family, setting the example, showing what God can do if you'll just obey this book right here. It's so true, beloved. Oh, how wonderful the Bible is. 
how true everything, it, it just, it's just marvelous to me how God answers all of these prayers and he's always there and he speaks to our hearts today. Number four, an answer, tell mother I'll be there. An answer to the provision that is made so I can be there. What's the provision? Oh, here it is. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. He made it. He loved it. He made it, did he not? He saw it. He made the first day, he made light. Second day, he made the firmament, the heavens, the skies. Third day, he made the land, the sea, all the creeks, the rivers, the lakes, the oceans, the mountains, the valleys, the flat land, the green grass, trees. Then the fourth day, he made the sun. Then he made the moon and stars also. That's what it says. Stars. Stars. Most amazing thing you can think of are stars. Planets. Look at all the planets are out there. And, and then the galaxies. How many stars are there in one galaxy? Well, they don't know. They've tried to count them. They can estimate. You know. How many galaxies are there? Well, they don't know. They, they've tried to count them, but they, they can't count all the ga- galaxies. Oh, oh, well, what about the Milky Way? How many stars are in the Milky Way? <laughs> they don't know. They've tried to count them. They estimate, but they can't get it. Well, how many Milky Ways are there? <laughs> Again, they've tried to count them, but nobody knows. Who made it? Who made all of that? God did. Our Heavenly Father. You know why? He so loved the world. And then, that fifth day, he made those beautiful fish and such lovely fowl that fly around. Sixth day, he made every beast, the cattle, the creeping things, uh, and uh, all that's in here. And God said, it's good. In fact, he said sometimes, it's very good. And then God placed man. He created man. And he placed them in the garden of paradise. Gave them everything they would ever want. Now, to get in your mind this world that they're living in. Get in your mind this paradise, this uh, Garden of Eden, where they live. There's no way to explain it. It's beautiful. God made it. It's, it, it's all there for, the, for us, for them. And, and God gave them everything they would ever want. But he commanded them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, sad. Not long after that, they disobeyed. And they plunged the whole human race into sin and to death. They disobeyed. They plunged the earth. The earth was cursed. This beautiful earth. All of a sudden, it's cursed. The leaves on the trees, they begin to, to wilt. And the, and the uh, grass begins to turn brown. And then there's the briar patches. All of a sudden, there's briar patches everywhere. And then all along that beautiful green grass, 
Up shoots those weeds, those ugly, terrible weeds. The earth was cursed. Cursed. But worse, man was cursed. Man was condemned. He was condemned to die eternally, forever separated from the loving God. Oh, what an awful thing. Then out of the garden, out of that paradise he went. No longer able to live there in that beautiful, beautiful home. Out into the world, that world that's cursed. There he goes. Oh, he's in trouble. What will he do? What is man going to do? He's, he's cursed, and all this is going to happen, and now he's going to die eternally forever. He's going to be separated from God forever. What's he going to do? He's terrible. He's in awful shape, but wait. 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 Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. God Almighty, his plan was to rescue man from his awful, awful eternal state. And so he gave his son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What does that mean? Begotten. That means he gave his only born son. You and I, when we get saved, we're adopted into the family of God. But Jesus was born. He's God's born. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. And then he let him die on that cross. It's just so horrible. I hate to even think about it, don't you? I mean, really, I do. I just don't like to think about it. But all that our Savior went through when he, he reached that age, when it was time and, and he went to Calvary, and there he was to pay for our sins. Oh, the awful beatings there at Calvary. Oh, the awful torment that, that our Savior went through. Oh, how they persecuted him. Oh, how they beat him. Pilate, he was in charge. He couldn't get the Lord to answer anything. So he thought he'd turn him over to Herod's group, his cutthroats. So Herod and his cutthroats took him down the steps, downstairs. You know, they tied his arms, hands above his head. And that awful beating <laughs> left his back in shreds. What a horrible beating. And then they went out and planted that crown of thorns, brought it back, put it on his head, gave him a robe, that purple robe. And then they blindfolded him. They mocked him. They spit on him. They slapped him in his face. Tell us, king. Here's the king. Well, look at our king. They beat him and smacked him. Oh, how awful. And when they were through with their sadistic jokes, he went back up. They led him back up. And then Pilate. Pilate, he introduced him. And you know what I think? I think this is the saddest verse in the Bible. John chapter 19, verse 5. Pilate says, here he is. Here's your king. And the Bible said, then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Can you imagine what he must have looked like that day after all of this he's gone through, his face all that has happened to him. There he is. 
and then up that road, that Golgotha road to Calvary. Laid down his life freely. Jesus said, I lay it down. No man hath power to take it. I lay it down, and I lay it down freely. Jesus laid down his life for you, for me. He gave himself, and there on that cross, he paid my sin debt and the sin debt of the whole world. Isn't that wonderful to know? And when it was paid, when it was finished, he said, it is finished. Say amen right there. Isn't that wonderful? He did it. It's finished. It's done. And then he made salvation so simple. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know him today as your Savior? Can you honestly say right now, I can tell mother, I'll be there. Can you say that? Are you in? Are you in this morning? One rainy night, the preacher was about to retire. There came a knock at his door. There stood a poor little girl drenched with rain. She had come through the storm to find a preacher. And as that preacher stood there looking into her thin, haggard face, she said, are you the preacher? She said, yes, I am. She said, would you come down and get my mother in? Oh, he said, uh, honey, you, you don't know. Uh, I, I, that's not my job. He said, uh, I, I, th- I don't think it would be appropriate for me to get your mother in the house. You can get a policeman. They'll help you. Oh, she said, no, you don't understand. She said, my mother's dying. And she's just got a little while to live. And he said, and she said, he's afraid to, she's afraid to die. And, and she wants to go to heaven, but she knows she's not ready. And I told her, I'd find a preacher. And he'd tell her how to get in. So will you come? Will you come and tell my mother how to get in? Well, the preacher, he walked that little girl down through the rainy, stormy night. And when they got there, they came to an old shackly house. They were in the slums now. And they marked, walked down the dark hall of that old house into a lone room where that dying mother lay in a corner. And she said, Mother, I brought the preacher. And, and he'll, he'll tell you what you do to get in. You you. You just do what he tells you, and he'll tell you how to get in today. Go ahead. My mother raised her voice and asked, Can you do anything for a sinner like me? She said, My life has been ruined and wrecked by sin. I'm I'm the worst sinner that's ever walked. And she said, I'm dying, and I feel like I'm going to hell. But I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. What should I do? The preacher stood there and stared at that woman. And he thought, all my ministry, I have preached to go to heaven. You've got to reform your life. But this poor woman can't reform. How's she going to reform? She's dying. 
He said, all my ministry, I have preached you must be a moral person. You must live a good life and obey the commandments. But she can't live a moral life. She's dying. He said, all of my ministry, I have preached you must do good works and be good to your neighbor and all of those things. But she has no good works. She's not got any way. How, what am I going to do? And then he came to him. A voice spoke in his ear and said, tell her what your mother used to tell you when you was a little boy. And sure enough, the verses came to him one right after another. Bending down beside her, he said, my dear woman, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, she said, that's wonderful. She said, is that in my Bible? Oh, yes, he said, it's in your Bible. She said, but what about my sins? Oh, preacher, she said, they're awful. It's terrible. I've got so many sins. What about my sins? He said, oh, uh, the Bible. Another verse came to him. She said, he said, the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, his son, cleanses us from all sin. She said, all sin? You mean all of my sins, every one of them? He said, every sin you've ever committed, his blood cleanses us from all sin. And also he said, the Bible says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And at that, the preacher and the little girl got down on their knees by that dear old sister who was dying. And there she got in. She trusted the Lord as her Savior. And also the little girl on her knees, she too got in. And not only them, but the preacher got in too. He'd never trusted the Lord as your Savior. Tell me, are you in? Are you in this morning? Can you tell Mother I'll be there? All of us, are you sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and going to heaven? Let's stand at our feet for a moment.